This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Casper. Get premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Sleep on a Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Save $50 off any mattress purchased today by visiting casper.com forward slash bcpod and use the code bcpod at checkout. And when you get up from that Casper mattress and you need to go somewhere, get Lyft, which today's show is sponsored by Lyft. The free Lyft app gets users a ride in just minutes on demand 24-7 for less than the cost of a cab. Right now, our listeners get three free rides. That's up to $10 each, which means $30 value. When you enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN, that's three free rides when you enter promo code BADCHRISTIAN. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Oh, I don't even get to do the three, two, one now. Wait, wait. Pastor has to start. Pastor gets to do everything. No, you, 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 you handle everything now, Joey. You just do everything now. Worst intro of the Bad Christian Podcast ever. Oh, somebody got his feelings hooked. Someone got his feelings hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, Toby, let me just... Hey, tell your mom to stay out of my DMs. <laughs> she slid up in your DMs like, again, Toby? Again? <laughs> I love Toby, her. do you need validation it's right just, now? It's always just a uh, Bible verse. It's nothing bad. Barbara slides up in your DMs all like Philippians 3.18. <laughs> Toby, you need some validation? You do really good job on the three, two, one. You really do. You really do, son. Hey, did I tell y'all that uh, my mom was really, really sad and broken and crushed over my book? Did I tell y'all did this she read it? Uh-uh. Yeah, she did. You mean she was crushed upon reading it? Yes, she <laughs> texted. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't she understand read. why you'd let her have one, man. No, I I didn't give her one. I, I mean, she... And, and then I said, Mom, if you were going to buy one, I would have just given you one. I said, my own mom doesn't have to go out and order my book. And so anyway, so she had to thing. pay for her son crushing her heart. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> she basically texted me and said, I'm, I'm reading your book. And she said, I'm so... No, 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 that's right. She didn't say anything about reading the book. She, she just texts me and she says, I'm so sorry and for anything that I've ever done to hurt you. Oh my and I texted God. her back and I was like, I was like, what are you talking about? She said, I just started reading your book. And I was like, mom. So we go back and forth and poor thing. I mean, I feel bad. I really do feel that we were all in the same predicament. I mean, my parents were fairly newer Christians, so they were buying into all this legalistic, yeah. heretic sorts of teachings. Uh, but I think my mom believes that she played into a lot of my stuff. And I that's, I just like, Mom, I don't even come close to thinking this stuff. If anything, I mean, I think of my, you know, your mothering me as a very positive thing. I mean, you taught me how to trust God and all that stuff. But it, no matter what, even if even if she didn't have an element of responsibility or feel guilty in any mm-hmm. sense, it would be a hurtful read just because she found out a lot about my pain that she had no idea. Of. I mean, I think if we think about our kids growing up, and we read a book on some crazy ass shit that was painful for our oh, kid that we gosh. didn't know about. That's that's going to be devastating. So, but the, yeah, I mean, the, if you just think about it, and just it, from a whole point of view, it's just uh, like it's got to be difficult. On, I mean, that's the thing about families; they're they're so close to you that it has to be bad. I mean, it can be good. Right. There's great things about family. I love my family and kids, but all, I mean, the, all the bad stuff 
in my life is probably most, a lot of it's going to involve them. Right. Yeah. And a lot of bad things that happen to my daughter will be from me. And let me tell you, Joey called me yesterday and he made some joke about, what did you say, Joey? (laughs) So (laughs) I, I, I called you, I was on the way to pick up Waylon and you're like, how you doing? I'm just like, life sucks right now. I said, my stupid wife is sick. So that means I'm picking up my stupid kid. And then I have to go pick up the other three. And I was just like, man, if I would have just thought this through, I wouldn't have a family. And I was just like, and damn you, Matt, you just stood there in 2002 yep. as I'm about to marry my wife. And you just stood there silent, you son of a bitch. Yeah, and like, that's what I told Joe. I said, me. yeah, I stood there while you got married. Now, here, but the, I didn't do you wrong. You did me wrong, my friend, because <laughs> a, a mere few years later, Knowing full well what marriage and having kids was, you let me do it. I didn't know. No, I actually I appreciated what, the wedding. What you were getting yourself into at the time. I didn't. I didn't know that it would be as horrible Matt, as I it is. Officiated but you your wedding. Officiated my wedding and let me do it, and then have kids. And Toby, you too. You had three kids before I had one. You didn't warn me. I know. Is that what hey, kind of I, sick joke is that? I can't do this alone. I know. I want somebody to know that's my pain. Right. That's what people like. You, you got to get married so you can be miserable like us. That's what I don't understand why people do that. It's true. Toby says I can't do this alone. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, it's 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 driving me crazy. I mean, I know I got it's only my second kid, but I mean, these women at my house are driving me crazy. I, I'm sure if I had boys or was married to a man, they would be driving me crazy too. But it's the it's uh. What struck me this week is to take a shower or take a dump or get to take out the trash with my headphones in feels like a vacation to me because, because, and here's why it is. Here's what really it is to have a family. And I'm glad I do, of course. And y'all know that. And even at this moment, I'm going to try to have more kids, but each individual one of them, if given the opportunity would completely take and monopolize every single second of my focus and free time all three of them individually like look what if i just went to georgia and was like you know what for the next 12 days i'm going to focus all day every day on georgia would she would that get on her nerves no no (laughs) she would take the engagement all day every day except for when she's asleep she would actually receive my full focused attention at every single moment so would jerry so would bridget so anything Matt, else that I do, whether it be work, creative, personal, whatever, comes at the expense of the three of them, which I don't even have enough bandwidth for the three of them if I had no other job. Then that's what having a family is like. Matt, this is going to sound like woe is me, but I'm going to make a guess that my wife is m- more needy than yours. <laughs> I think I'm sure I have the least needy. I have the and I've got least twice needy. the amount of yeah. kids. So <laughs> the pressure at home for me is double. <laughs> I know. I, 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 I swear to you, I am very aware that I have the most independent daughters and wives out there. And it's, and I promise you, they would still take my time unlimited with no regrets whatsoever. And totally. so what, how, what, how would I ever write to a chord progression? I mean, how am I here right now? Yeah. I don't even, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> okay. Here's, here's the thing too. Like Joey, at least you're a pastor. You think my wife respects that? Oh, I'm no, in a rock band. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, Hey, I need to go write some music. Oh, okay. Well, I'll stay here with the kids. I mean, you're right. Like, I mean, she would never, if I ever take a moment to myself or whatever, it's frowned upon. It's frowned upon. It, 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 you know what I mean? Yes, it, it, it's frowned upon. What are you doing? What are you looking like? I mean, the, the com- funniest- everything comes at an expense to them. Like it, it is. It, it me. It's a night. It's nighttime. It's seven o three right here. 
I mean, why am I here? Like, what what is Matt really doing right now? Right. Like, was he talking to his <laughs> friends? Or was he doing <laughs> playing guitar by himself in front of his computer? Right. <laughs> now, Toby, that doesn't that doesn't count. That doesn't I mean, count. All we did was pick great jobs that we like. And we're uh, we're scorned by our wives and family. If I came home court. black with coal dust all over me and cash in my hand, that would be a little better. Oh, God. You are be not a lot kidding. better. But yeah. this, I'm not getting any credit showing up. You know, when I roll home at 930 tonight, it wasn't totally. Did you have a hard day at work? You know, it's okay. Now, here's what I need you to do. The the funniest thing is sometimes at night, uh, like, okay, I I used to be worse at this, but I've I've calmed it down to about night. This is going to sound really stupid that I do this, but I like to play little iPhone games. Matt, you know, I've always played Mm -hmm. little iPhone games forever, right? Well, I've cut it down. I, I I have the games on my phone, but I don't, you know, like during the day or work or whatever, I'm like, I'm not going to play it or whatever, but at night I'll play it. And uh, what's funny is when you like, uh, you know, I'll be on my phone or uh, playing a game, just to be watching Gilmore Girls. And at the same time, she's on her phone or doing something. But if she saw that I was playing a game, it's like a look of disgust. It's disgust. <laughs> but, You're disgusting but, if you would do it. But I try to pull it back because she's just looking at the game called Facebook. Yeah. That's it. Exactly. You know what I mean? I mean that's what it is, but I'm I'm like a loser for playing that, and I go, okay, you're maybe you're right or whatever. I like now whenever I play a game or something, I just wait till she falls asleep. <laughs> then I play this new Angry Birds game that I've been playing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Toby, tell us about this uh, this game that you're going to be playing in Florida, man. Oh, it ain't no game, Joey. It's just, <laughs> it, it's the uh, you know what my life really does involve truth. It's really funny. I'm doing another True Man. Uh, some of you guys might know it, but I'm doing it in Florida. On, uh, I'm doing it in Jacksonville on the 23rd of February, Orlando on the 24th, Fort Lauderdale on the 25th, and Tampa on the 26th. There's some spots available. Um, it's going to be really good. And a lot of people, you know, keep asking me, what, what is True Man? What will it be? Well, basically, this came out, uh, was born out of a desire and need. All I do, I guess, for a long time, especially with the podcast, even with Emory, I've said a lot of stuff about church. I've said a lot of stuff about culture and Basically, I've just felt so awful about the critical attitude I guess I've had about men in church, men in culture, and then men in romantic relationships. And I just feel that men have been marginalized. I, I, I you know, y'all have heard me say this before, but I've been to so many churches where it, I went to church this week and I just looked around and I promise you, I just saw the men who were just like, why am I here? And they were sitting beside their wife and they were just, and I was like, man, you have a full human that somehow is here like he's he's against everything he doesn't want to be there he's not enjoying it the look on his face proves it and you have him here and this is what you're giving him this is the the great call that he's oh you're broken you're sad you're down uh just believe in god and the answer ends there it's not really god it's just oh god will help you and then you don't hear about it anymore and so all this stuff just got me more and more angry and so i was sitting around one night and i was like you know what I'm going to put my money where my mouth is, and I'm just going to try this. So I started the True Man Experience, and basically it's men don't get together anymore to just have real conversation. We'll get together around the football game, or we get together, you know, because uh, our wives bring us to a party or bring us to church. But men used to really get together and have real conversation and challenge each other, and we don't do that anymore. So this is basically like, like a male small group where we're going to go in depth uh, about relationship, what, what you think about yourself, your identity, what your relationship with your father, your relationship with your church or not church, relationship with your wife or spouse. And uh, it gets really, really heavy and also really fun. We're going to drink mm-hmm. some beers. 
uh, eat some food, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. So, yeah, I just wanted to tell you guys about that. February 23rd to the 26th, Jacksonville to Tampa, True Man Experience. Make sure you're there. What you're doing in uh, houses and stuff, is it'll feel like a barbecue yep. and hangout kind of thing. Yeah, it's. Yeah. I really want to try and keep it as small group-esque uh, as I can. And then uh, also, uh, just to let y'all know, too, I'm, I'm going to be starting a True Man podcast, um, which is going to be really cool. I'm, I'm very excited about that because it's going to be people that come to the True Man events. Are go- I'm going to be interviewing them because there's just some killer stories. Yeah. And I just I, I love it when you can interview just a regular person who has a real story. That's always I don't always think people understand me. that about interviews, that it's just like uh, people make it harder than it is. And I'm not that good at it. And I've learned a lot about interviewing in the last couple of years even. But it's like... If you had somebody, like if somebody walked in the studio right now and sat down across from me and I said, about your relationship with you and your dad, it would get interesting pretty quick just to get right. specific and because people have real stuff. And then when interviews, for instance, uh, and this is, I'm not trying to be that, that off topic, but for interviews and stuff like that, when you write down all these journalistic questions that are worded all out and stuff like that, it's just like, it sounds like you're not even listening, but it's not that hard. I mean, there's part of the art of it is like if you sat down with somebody at coffee or even on a microphone or a podcast, as long as right. people were comfortable and you say men or women, doesn't matter. What's your relationship like with your mom? I mean, it, that is about to go for 45 minutes and be pretty in- interesting if you just stay with it and ask good questions. And when yeah, totally. other people see it, it's amazing. And that's what happens in really good counseling and real small groups and stuff like that. So I, th- that's something I've found is, you know, there's plenty of material almost everywhere. Yeah. And yeah. One just of- like my dad said, he said, how are you going to keep that podcast going after we did the first few episodes? He goes, y'all going to run that stuff to talk about. Who are you going to have? You had Chopper on the show. Who are you going to have next? I said, it's unlimited, Dad. <laughs> like anybody's ever run out of topics or people. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, yeah, come see me for sure. Uh, Where do people find it? What do you go to? What do they email you? What do they do? Well, I don't really have a website yet. But yeah, you can email me at tobybadchristian at gmail.com. I'm working on my site right now. Toby Bad Christian at Gmail. Okay. So, uh, any of y'all listening that want to want to help a forty almost forty one year old man build a website for free, <laughs> hit me up at Toby Bad Christian at Gmail or for True Man Florida. It's gonna be really good. I, I'm just super excited. The ones I've done so far just been amazing, and it's just gonna be really good. So, yeah. Thank you guys for letting me talk about that. But uh, I kind of want to. Uh, I'm. I have been really thinking about my faith in God a lot lately and where mm-hmm. I'm at and who I am. And even the fact of me just being born in America so skews how I view other religions. You know, we, we said this before um, that, you know, if you were born in another place, would you be a Christian? Maybe there might be maybe you would be. I, I, I'm not going to put that past God, but I think where I'm at right now is uh deconstruction i don't even want to call it that i actually want to call it construction <laughs> <laughs> i think what i'm doing is constructing a, a real faith like one that's not pressed upon me by my father or my mother or my church or other people of course those people have a say and of course those people can be helpful and be guides and give me valuable information but where i'm at right now is i think god is so big and so huge that i hate the idea that we've marginalized God and put him in this small box of this is what Christianity is, or this is what real religion is, or real God is. And I think it's going to get bigger and bigger, and, and I think that's okay. I'm not afraid of that God's not going to be loving or all-powerful, whatever that is. Well, you and, lost and us a I, little bit. What's your, what's your doubt or crisis itself? Let's well, be specific it's, it's, about uh, it. Uh, okay, I'll say this. Uh, for probably the last two or three months, I definitely have been thinking, man, it, it, 
this Jesus thing. And do I just believe in Jesus because I was told to believe in Jesus? I think what I'm saying is I'm okay with God being God and however that re- that being reveals itself to me. Whether that be, it, 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 one day it might be something totally different that I'm not sure of. And that sounds like I'm, I'm losing my faith. I don't think so. I think that there, Jesus will always be tied up within that because I believe in the Savior. I believe in a God that would, uh, you know, give up so much for love. I believe in that, but I'm, I guess where I'm headed more is maybe being way more grace-filled, way more open to, wait a minute, there's a lot of smart people in the world that believe a lot differently, yeah. differently than me, and, and I need to maybe give that a chance. I've heard, the just people, see. I've heard people throwing around the phrase a lot lately, just the economy of ideas and beliefs and stuff like that. And that, and the idea there is just that it, uh, if there's a good idea, it will make it, and a bad idea, it will go away, and you don't have anything to be worried about. Yes. You know what I mean? Like if, if there's yeah. good ideas that sh- bear fruit and show that they make sense or are functional or can be utilized, then they will survive, and silly and goofy ideas will just be right. more and more pushed to the wayside. And especially with our interconnectivity and technology, it's easier for that to happen. So for someone right. who it could be confident enough in their faith to go, if God's real, if this is real, then we'll just, we'll just see how it shakes out. I don't have to. Uh, yeah, but if you know, if, be fearful. Like, like for instance, I mean, for instance, if uh, you know, evolution or something. I mean, it's just if it's functional, right. if it's working, if people are doing it, then we we can't. You you, you it would not be uh, let's say capitalistic in the sense to say, well, we got to squash that, and not let it get a chance because we know it's evil. What you would say is, if evolution is not true and is stupid, then it'll show that it's stupid eventually. Verse, or it'll show that it's fruitful eventually. Whatever the idea would be, the way you handle social justice or a, a, a way of looking at right. the Bible or whatever it is, if the idea is good, then you don't have to be afraid of it. And if the idea is bad, you don't have to be afraid of it because it won't work. It will go away. I think, I think the only problem, the only potential problem with that and where the stalemate would happen with, with Christians would be yeah, that's exactly what the Bible says is there's an enemy that wants to make foolishness out of, mm-hmm. you know, the truth and make truth out of the foolishness of this right. world. Like, I, I mean, because you guys know I'm 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 right there with you. I mean, I, I don't think I can ever get away from Jesus. I believe in Jesus, but everything else is just a big question mark. But the Bible, people can take a lot and it's not just cherry picking scripture people can take a lot of the bible and say yeah everything you're saying the bible said would happen i'm sticking with what the mm-hmm. bible says right but i'm well, just well, saying there's no need to, to to go into things with fear like when people start acting like they're going to squash stuff or they're afraid of it or you can't listen to that guy or don't listen to sam harris podcast or whatever that mentality is right i, I can see how you can clothe or bathe that in the enemy's deceptive and he's trying to deceive you so you must keep yourself away from those things but that yeah. also rubs against the notion that that god is real and the truth is the truth and the truth will set you free and that you don't have anything to to be worried about if you are seeking the truth and jesus and god are the actual truth you don't have anything to yeah. be worried about well well i want to just say this too that that that's what i'm saying i do really want to get to that truth and here's what i mean by that for example like joey you now believe most likely that it's annihilationism right but the reason why you believe that is because you like it better. It could be true. It could not be true. Mm-hmm. God could send people to hell forever, or he could annihilate them. But 
the reason why you sought after that answer is because you wanted something that was true to you that you could accept and that you could appreciate and value and go, God, this lines up with how I want to see God and maybe who God is. Now, that doesn't mean that God always, you always agree with God or anything like that. But I think when you were going through all that, I started thinking, wait a minute, you know what? Many years ago and in the Bible, slavery was okay. That sure doesn't sit right. What does that mean? Why can't I wrestle with God about that? Like, why, why didn't more people or why didn't some, you know, mm-hmm. things end up st- when, just like you said, true things end up being true yeah. and that's okay. That's I don't a good have example. To, I, I don't, I don't have to be scared of evolution because if it's true, it works within the right. context of, man, I want to love in God. That's yeah, okay. That's a good example with the slavery. I mean, maybe it's a, like a, a not fair example because it's so charged or whatever, but there right. would have been people challenging I mean, there's people that thought black people weren't the same species as us, and that was this, and God had given us this way, and the Bible said it, and we don't want to entertain any of those crazy notions because it's evil. And we have an enemy, so you better not listen to those, you know, abolitionists or whatever. I mean, that that stuff's always been there. That's because people are always going to uh, use fear-mongering and tactics to say, you you better not watch movies. They have ideas that are from the devil, so you can't watch them. Right. But if you <laughs> don't, watch don't movies, go to college, you will learn you might what, learn. Right. You, that, I'm, I'm, I mean, that's serious. There's a lot of people in even more fundamentalist cultures than, than even we come from that say, don't go to college. You'll learn too much, and that's the enemy. Right. But that, that's not, I mean, that that's, uh, we, you, yes. you can see what that is like, but sometimes we get trapped in our own cycles of that, that same mentality. Yeah, well, there, there's a message that's always actually tinged with truth. And that's where I want to get to. I want to get to that fringe that's the actual truth. When I was growing up, don't have sex outside of marriage. It is bad. If you do that, God's going to be mad at you. He's going to be all this stuff. Except for all those bastards that told me that had sex outside of marriage. The real truth was, you probably, there's a good chance you might have sex outside of marriage. A really so good chance. So how do you handle that? How do you handle that? How do you accept that? Where does this right. lie with your with your God? Like, wrestle with God about Like, don't just tell people this is what God is. Like I was told for the longest time that God is you go to church, you stay away from those liberal people and those Satanists and people that drink and they do all this and then this is all bad, 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 bad. And be and be scared of your mind. Yeah. And so now I'm not scared of my mind anymore. And that makes me not scared of God. It makes me more respectful because there isn't some rule thing. That's why I do it. Like I actually we were we were talking about marriage. I actually was thinking part of the problem with marriage is you get to say, well, I'm married, so I'm in it no matter what, as opposed to people that don't get married every day. You got to say, well, I'm going to stick it, stick it out or whatever. That's why yeah. the marriage is, is tinged with truth of it's not going to last. It's not right. It's or there's something bad here. What? Uh, it's sick in the roots or whatever it might be. And so in order to actually save marriage or real love or a relationship, you actually need the truth of, hey, this is bad sometimes. This is hard. I don't like it. Yeah. Today I'm riding around picking up my kids and this sucks. Yeah. And that's okay. That's yeah. real truth. Like you were making a joke and I, but we all we have to clarify oh, we love our kids and we want more. Of course we do. But sometimes my kids are stupid. You know what I mean? <laughs> sometimes I'm stupid. Well, you bring up the pre premarital sex thing, and that's an important one. And here's the thing I don't think you should have premarital sex, but if you did, I would do it on a Casper mattress. And let me tell you why. <laughs> oh my God. Because because Casper I would have killed to have yeah. a, a Casper back then. I, you know, and this is I know I'm supposed to talk about my personal experience, but I don't want to give too many details away on this one. But the Casper mattress is awesome. Um, it's a sleep brand that's created like a perfect mattress sold directly to consumers. And that really is a big deal. Um, it's eliminated the commission-driven inflated prices. Um, it's an award-winning sleep surface. It's just, it's great. I love sleeping on it. We've had it in our house for a couple of years now. I have no desire to have 
anything else. So um, the mattress industry, it's always been one of those where they force consumers, like it's almost like they've price colluded and they've driven the prices way up. It's a, it's a goofy industry if you study it at all. And I'm so happy that people like Casper have come in and taken out all the stores and the brick and mortar and the commissions and all that stuff. So it's an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It comes with memory. It, it comes with supportive memory foams to you know, create just the right sink and just the right bounce. Um, they, they've got over 20,000 reviews and the average of those is 4.8 stars. Um, and those are, you know, legit user reviews. So here's what's cool. The mattress is great. You will love it. But better than that, or on top of that, is free shipping, U.S. and Canada. And you can try it out for 100 days. Ooh. You can send it back. Uh, they'll pick it up if you don't like it. You will like it. But even if you don't, you have no risk to sleep on it for three months essentially there so um it's designed developed and assembled in the usa you can get fifty dollars toward any purchase right now by visiting casper.com forward slash bc pod and then use the promo code bc pod so get fifty dollars towards any mattress purchase by going to casper.com forward slash bc pod use the promo code bc pod at checkout that's casper.com forward slash bc pod for fifty dollars off today all right. What else do we want to talk about today? We wrote some stuff down. I want to just say something real quick. What are you getting ready to say? I was just going to say Perry Noble is back. <laughs> yep. Well, that's what got me on this big that's what got me on this big kick is how many pastors, mega pastors especially, tell you all this stuff about how you application for your life and how to do all this stuff. And those bastards are behind the scenes, not living it out. And the, the real truth is in their actions, not their words from the pulpit. And then this kills it. Okay, let's let's set this up what happened. You know, we I guess it was like literally just a couple of weeks after we interviewed Perry Noble on this podcast that it came out that he was basically, I guess he is an alcoholic. He was abusing alcohol and he had some stuff going on within his marriage and, and then I guess within the church too. So he was let go. And now he he tweeted this out or Facebooked it out, uh, I think, like about a month ago that he would not be returning to New Spring Church. Uh, he loved everybody, but it was not going to return. And then all of a sudden he shows up this weekend at Stephen Furtick's church preaching. Mm -hmm. And so he's back. And so I lost my mind and, and I'm getting older <laughs> now, so, so I don't I don't do these rants as much. But I mean, I just really want to say what? OK, first of all, we're talking about a person who has admitted to alcohol abuse and alcoholism, and has admitted that the pressures of his job... To a degree that they were disqualifying from his role as pastor at a large yes. church. Not just he drinks yes. and he got in a fight with his wife. Right. In, in a way that they must remove him from leadership and he's disqualified. That's the situation. Right. Now, he also admitted that the pressures of the job led him to be more alone, to turn to alcohol so he could handle all that stuff, and he let the enemy convince him that that was what it needed to be to be done or whatever, right? So how do we handle that? We get him back up in the pulpit, the thing that caused it. It's been six months. Yeah. Six months, mm -hmm. and the thing that caused it, we get back up and celebrate it? I've seen, we, I've seen celebrate pastors that? take longer vacations than that. <laughs> and sabbaticals that long. What other job do you know that an alcoholic got fired from and they were welcomed back in with cheering crowds six months later? A pilot? Well, <laughs> has a pilot ever been an alcoholic? How about a, let me say well, that people go, oh, a pilot might endanger lives. How about this? How about a teacher? How about your politician? 
right now. Whether you like Trump or not, if, yeah, he, yeah. if he was an alcoholic, does he get to come back in six months and be president? No. But not only is it just alcohol, because I guess there's some jobs you could. You could work at Subway had you, you know, you went to rehab, come back, whatever. But I mean, sure. the thing about the alcohol and the stuff for him, according to him and his church, is that they were disqualifying, as in a big deal right. related to his position. Right. So not just not just a random guy doing a cement job, but, uh, you know, the guy's job somehow, which is part of the weird problem, is his job somehow is wrapped up in moral behavior, which right. is a weird thing about a, the professional pastor job in the first place. But admittedly to them, it was a big enough deal where you can't be here uh, next week or the week after or ha- how many, uh, 20, right. apparently 26 weeks later. Yeah, you're all good. Yeah. Now, how about this too? He can't go back to his church, but he, he travels down the road a little bit and can preach there all he wants. Uh, or, or, you know, I like, what? In the, it's a big joke. Well, there's nothing wrong it's with all preaching. A big joke. There's nothing wrong with no, no, going no, no, to church no, no, or hearing me, stuff though. like that. Yeah, no, no, there is something wrong with preaching. If you got fired from your job and were unqualified to do your job, and then you're able just to go down to another church and do it, like you, you can't come here and do it here, but yeah, you can do it somewhere else. Like those people are less. So the people at Elevation, they can handle it. The people, the people at New at New Spring can't. It's edifying I mean, for those at Elevation, I mean, but New Spring just don't big don't They're smart, but those yeah. Greenville Anderson it's a, morons. It, it, it's just it's a circus. It's it's a big joke. It's not real. The it people, just means that you can the you can do whatever you want. The there are no New Spring rules. said, uh, yeah. Hey, y'all have fun up there at Furtick's Church. That shit don't fly down here. <laughs> Seriously. But that's what I'm saying. Like, isn't, isn't that a slap in the face to all the people at that church? I don't, know. I don't like, think. All I, the people at, at New Spring, I, I mean, isn't that just say, oh, yeah, well, he can't preach here. He got fired here. But that means that the church isn't one body. That means that Elevation and New Spring, these two mega churches, aren't the same, that they're not equal, that they're not sisters well, or brothers. That that want that you can come here and do whatever. So I mean, there are no rules. Make it up as you go. And so, why do I want to believe anything that anybody yeah. has to say from the pulpit? You're right pretty now? ramped up about it, but I'm going to take a different kind of position today, a less analytical one, um, and less of a argument. I don't even have like a, a position here. What I'm saying here, and I believe people will resonate with this. Some will. Is just that this is ob- like. I don't even need to know the particulars or build a case or whatever. This is clown territory. This is just joke show land. (laughs) Like we're, we're in a zone now where just the wool is pulled back. The veil is lifted. You you just see this stuff. is kind of a circus. Like the whole thing's a zoo or a clown show or something like the whole thing. Is it coming unraveled or is it just me? I don't know. I know some other, somebody else feels like me. I'm not saying it's everybody, but the whole thing seems like an obvious joke and uh, to me. It's like, a, I'm pretty sure it's all wrapped up in just, you know, power and, and money is, is, is got the best of everybody. Um, and that's just where we're at. I think it's just power see, and money have got control of these sure. situations. And I, I can't, like, the money side of it is pretty crazy. Like, I don't know who gets paid for what, I, you know, I, I imagine Perry got paid a bunch of money to show up for the big appearance or something. I don't, maybe zero, maybe, I don't know. But the way that, that these those guys, particularly Perry and Steven, have and handle money and the people that oversee their money and the way that the congregation doesn't care or acts like they don't care or feel shamed like they can't ask how this money that they give works. I, I mean, the whole thing's starting to look like just 
a clown show to me. Like, how do you not understand where the money is and how it goes and who sets whose salary and who pays who to go to what conference? And it's the, the whole thing's just so crazy. Like, you know, I believe the same thing about politics as this pastoral stuff. It's on the same track as far as I don't really believe you can get very far or to the highest levels of politics and be a regular or okay person. I don't believe that's possible. Only the people that are willing to take things that far and see things in a certain light and make those personal and moral sacrifices to get where Obama, Trump, Furtick, and Perry Noble are. That, that's not everybody. And it's not right when people look at them and talk about them like they're your uncle or your aunt or somebody else you know. These people are on another level of, of what, you know, they, they act like and they come off like regular people. But I'm telling you, they're not. People at the highest levels of things are not regular people. They just are not. And that's, that's right. almost true for anything. Anybody that comes off normal, but at the highest level where there's a lot of power, they know how to come off that way. They're not normal. I'm not saying they're the worst people in the world or whatever, but there's a certain amount that has to go into that. It could be like abnormally good. Like there could have been leaders that rose up to power that needed to needed to rise. I mean, you know, there's you can make strong arguments for presidents that needed to be in that position, but to be in that position, they had to be abnormal. Yes. Whether it was their influence or their ability to live in solidarity or, or whatever. But I think uh, this this will kind of get us on a little bit of a rabbit trail, but I think what's kind of funny about this is if you're saying abnormal pastors as in like well-known and lots of people uh, listening to them, I mean, as silly as this sounds, wouldn't you say that I'm one of the most well-known pastors in America? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So you bring up a really interesting I mean, point. Let's listen do this to, for Look a at our downloads. Yeah. Let's I mean, do I'm this a for, nothing okay. at Seacoast Church, man, but bad Christian. <laughs> okay. Give me a crack at this. I think oh, you're, no, I think John. you're right on with that. That's a really funny analysis. Okay. So I'm identifying wildly how you're different than Furtick and Perry Noble. Um, they couldn't do what you do. They're not free enough. They have something in mind. They're going a certain place and they have to play a certain role, no an matter image. what, an image, whatever to get there. I'm, I mean, you're 8% different off air than you are right now. I'm not making that up, and that's not a lie. <laughs> you're seven or eight percent different than you are on air. Than all, maybe you're less. I mean, Toby's probably twelve percent different off air. You're probably six percent different off air. I mean, you're almost exactly the same. And so, and you're right. Our numbers are kind of and like I guess Noble and Furtick are big, but as far as pastors go, as far as pastors, you're you're one of the only pastors who is much much bigger for something other than his actual pastoral ministry is, is one way to look at it. Like, uh, let me think about it this way. We've had, I don't know, seven or 8 million downloads of this podcast. Will we get two or 300,000 downloads a month? Um, and every time we're talking, we're talking to 20, 30, 40,000 people right now. Like the words I'm saying, that's how many right. people it is. That's insane. I mean, that's a, that's a crazy thing. Um, but, uh, real quick, fellas, we will give an account. Just yeah, you guys all right. Know. And, and so, but, but I mean, just think of the freedom that you have for the size that you are that they don't have. Like, no matter what, Obama, Trump, Furtick, and Noble, they're not free to say whatever they want to. They're not. Yeah, but these guys. I am, and the, you are. Matt, and these the, guys, the, these guys wouldn't say it to our face, but as much as I even like Perry Noble, if he's listening to this podcast episode right now, which he's not, he, he's, he's thinking actually to himself, in the BC club, Joey. <laughs> he's thinking to himself, 
these guys are jokes. Seriously. Sure. Like what we talked fine. about. But he so, can't so what say I'm whatever saying, he wants to, and you can. I mean, that's the What di- I'm that's saying is he doesn't care. He does not give a shit about my freedom. In other words, it's not something he envies. I yes, don't he values power and money more. That's why. That's the difference. More people listen. I mean, not, not, not than him, but 99% of pastors out there, ask them what size their people listen to them week in and week out. Yours is much bigger. The amount of people that listen to you each week in, on this podcast is much bigger than 99% of all pastors out there. And you don't even take it seriously, you asshole. Meanwhile, they take it with the most seriousness to the point right. where they're not even free to be themselves or say real shit. And so, so let me ask you that, this. That's yeah, they're blind. Your values they're blind. They, they think they have to get back up there within six months of the most one of the most devastating things to ever happen in your life. You can be so blind to think that you're you. I'm back. Yeah, that, oh, that's, God is good. Look at me. God is good. That doesn't mean you need to be back in the pulpit. I, that's the thing that bothers me the most, too, is how the odd. I can't believe that Stephen Furtick would allow his friend to come back so you quickly. You can't that, believe that, Stephen Furtick would do this. Yes, I can. <laughs> okay. Of course I can. <laughs> okay. But I'm just saying, like, if it's really true, if I'm supposed to listen to these guys as teachers of God's word and as people that, that give me information from the mouth of God himself, I'm supposed to be... So that's what I should do. If one of you, okay, so if one of y'all does something unbelievable, your marriage is falling apart, and you, you're addicted to a drug, I should say, and you say, "Hey, man, man, being on the podcast was a lot of pressure." Okay, Matt, you're back as soon as you can. Come back as soon as possible. Right. Or, well, or should I not be aware? No, that, yeah, but just that think, the preaching just think, in the church is the bad thing. Just think about how focused they are on the delivery of what of what it is versus the source of what it is. Like they. They don't speak freely. That's the only way I know how to say it. They're much more concerned with how it comes across to you times whatever they think their audience is. That is the focus. Yeah. Like it has to be crafted in a way that's bulletproof for X, Y, Z. That is the right. calculation they make. They don't spend most of their time, and it sounds like I'm on a tirade. I don't believe guys at that level spend most of their time thinking, what does God want me to say or what do I want to say? They spend almost their entire frame um, from the point of view of how will this come across to those people? That's where they're at. That's how they build their words, their buildings, their everything. That's what it comes from. It's built on how you, us, the big people, YouTube receives it. That's how it's built. And it's not based on what they want to say and do. They'll tell you that. But it's 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 the dynamic of the power and money going on there is so large that it the, they can't miss they can't miss a beat. Yeah. It's so calculated. I got more I want to say on I, I have a couple more comments and I, I'm gonna I'm actually gonna vote that we skip uh the damn news today because we got a lot more that we have to say. Toby, oh, what? No, no, I just think that's probably best for well, I think that's what God's calling us to do. People need <laughs> us to talk a little bit strike. more about this. That's how but, good that's how good of a pastor he is. We just lost probably ten or fifteen thousand people. Yep. <laughs> he didn't even that's how he's so unaware. Anyway, guys, you know about Lyft, right? It's the it's it's the app that gets you a ride in minutes on demand, twenty four seven for less than the cost of a cab. I uh, sent my wife off to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Boca Raton area to spend some time with her sister in law. We have four kids, so I got to get up, take them to school in the morning. She has to get up super a lot earlier. Well, we don't want to pay all the parking fees and all that stuff, so it was awesome. I downloaded the app on her phone. I said, "Look, this is the only button you have to push." She was. She had a car come right to our house, was extremely fast. I mean, check this out. 
you download the app, request a driver, they show up in three and a half minutes on average. I mean, that is extremely fast. Uh, the Lyft drivers fully vetted through their 10-point safety standard, including criminal and DMV background checks. Um, my wife, I, I, she actually said how unbelievable it was that she could see the Lyft car uh, and it was, I mean, it signified that this is the lift car and it's coming right up to her. So she's standing at the airport to get picked up to, to take her to Super my sister-in-law's safe. house. And, and she knows exactly, Hey, it's coming and it's just grabbing her, picking her up, taking her super nice guy that picked her up. Bigger isn't always better. Lyft isn't the biggest ride, uh, ride sharing app. We know that, but it's the fastest growing and highest rated one. And, uh, Hey, we're talking about quality over quantity here. So thanks to Lyft, you got an easy way to avoid drunk driving. I mean, you don't even think about that. You never have to bum a ride, never have to worry about parking. A lot of people are actually getting rid of their cars. That's crazy, man. In big cities relying on Lyft to get around. Uh, I don't blame them. So right now Lyft is offering our listeners a special deal. You get three free rides up to $10 each. That's a $30 value. It's like we're handing out three $10 bills on this podcast. When you enter promo code bad Christian, just download the free Lyft app today. And that's L Y F T enter promo code bad Christian in the payment section. You'll start with three free rides, baby. That's up to $10 each $30 value. All right, everybody. One thing about me that you might not know is I'm thick and I'm talking about in the waist and the, the chest and the arms and the butt. So Whenever I go to buy clothes off the rack, it is just kind of scary, and it's usually really miss, 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 especially when it has come to suits. And that's why I was so excited when we finally got to work with Indochino because I think this is such a good company because they make amazing suits that even fit a weird, giant body like me. I've gone to so many stores tried on, you know, off the rack suits that they're supposed to fit with a whatever this size or whatever. It has never worked. I've always felt stupid or dumb. I either got a way too big jacket with weird pants or vice versa, giant pants, small jacket. All that stuff is just a thing of the past with Indochino. I love this company. They made me a suit that I look great in. That is amazing. Indochino is one of the largest made-to-measure menswear brands get a high quality suit made to your exact measurements for a perfect fit mm-hmm. here's how it works visit a showroom or shop online at indochino.com pick from hundreds of fabrics choose your customizations from lapels to pleats to jacket linings and more submit your body measurements which is so easy to do it was, it was just it was kind of fun jess and i did it they send you the information they send you the measuring tool and you just put it around and, and you're done in, in a matter of minutes and it's just so awesome place your order and wait for it to arrive in just four weeks it's that easy you can get a suit that makes you look and feel great in four weeks what are you waiting for mm-hmm. this week our listeners can get any premium indochino suit for just $389 at Indochino.com when entering Bad Christian at checkout. That's 50% off the regular price for a made-to-measure premium suit. Plus, shipping is free, guys. That's Indochino.com, promo code Bad Christian for any premium suit for $389 and free shipping. Incredible deal for a suit that will fit you better than anything off the rack ever could. Guaranteed. Okay. So let me go here a second. Let me go hey, here a second. Let me just go right off the ads. Hey, y'all, y'all been going for the last 20 minutes. No, I know, but I just want to point out something about ads that strikes me when I hear y'all saying, I'll let you talk. 
we can all take turns, and I'm sorry. But <laughs> the whole thing is, it's a bizarre thing when you're beholden to and work with and deal with tithe money, and you have to have this appearance of, I don't know what it is, but there's some appearance there. And no matter what, you know that pastors and a lot of people are, they're tied to their largest donors. Like we know that's a dynamic, right? One thing that I do think is neat about us. Yeah. I got to sit here and talk about Indochino and Lyft. I like them, first of all. And secondly, that and the fact that we're supported by individual people who give us about $7 or $14 a month. I mean, I don't have to, I don't give a fuck what I say. Right. I, I can say whatever I want to because worst case scenario, Lyft doesn't come back or a somebody doesn't give us seven more dollars. Like we don't, we don't have anybody that gives us more than 50 bucks. I mean, I think we actually do have people that give more than 50 bucks, but we don't have any large donors. We don't have even close to a large donor. And so right. good. I can say whatever I want to like, and, and I, I think that I haven't even realized that to some degree, but I can see it when I see the biggest systems, the politicians and the pastors, when I see them, I look at them in the eye as communicators and I go, they can't say, they just can't say whatever they want to. They're right. playing a part. They're doing yep. a thing, and it's kind of coming apart at the seams. And we, know, and everybody's starting to see it. Yeah, like it's just un, it's just where we're at. Well, how about this too? Uh, we've gotten a lot of re ups with all our ads because we are just talking the truth. Like we we get to work with companies like Lyft or Indochino. They've re signed up. You yep. know, they, they've signed up for more to do ads with us because they like what we're doing. They're not Christian church. Churches, right, they're right. companies. Yeah, you know what I mean. They they go, hey, these guys are just being honest, and we and we can appreciate each other, and we get to work with companies that we act. I mean, yeah. this thing's going uh, amazing to where because we're telling the truth, we work with ad companies and, and companies that we actually. It like makes me want to know what the have. difference is what? in Joey being a pastor and speaking to as many tens of thousands as we are right now versus preaching. Is that different? Is it not different? And I'll tell you this. We just turned down. We got an ad the other day from Zondervan on a book from a mega pastor, and we just said, no, can't read it, won't do it. I mean, and that, yeah. that's, I'm not, that didn't make us awesome or anything, but just so people understand that, it's very easy for me to do a ride sharing thing. Yeah. Because well, I well, think it's a good idea, but somebody, they sent us a book from a big pastor that you know his name. I don't like it. I wouldn't read the book. I wouldn't recommend it right. to you. And we're not doing that ad today and we're not getting paid for it. Because we can say whatever we want to. I will be nice right. enough not to run that pastor down, but you know, and it's way it Toby, goes. what you Toby, what you said as far as telling the truth, I think what you're saying is we're we're being honest and we're being open. You're not saying just just to clarify for some of oh, our yeah, snobby yeah. listeners, you're we're, not saying we have a monopoly on the truth. We no, know we're, the truth. We're, we're, we're free we're free to to be as close to who we are as we can be. Right. I, is what I, wanna, I mean by that. Not, I, yeah. not that we we have the truth and nobody right. else does. That's not I want to really zoom in on a, a point that you made that that this is I, I don't even think the the timing necessarily bothers me. I mean, I, I disagree with the timing of Noble coming back, but that doesn't even bother me as much as this like this. Yeah, like we, you said, uh, can we clarify? We like Perry. I think oh, he's yeah. an amazing pastor. Yeah, so I'm, I, I, I'll say something about that more in a minute. But yeah, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. So there was this major celebration, like this glory to God, and and, I, and I'm not exaggerating. It was like a glory to God. Perry Noble is back on stage. What a blessing! And, and that sends this message like we are in dire need of Perry Noble, and that's not good for Perry Noble. First of all, it's not good for any people to think we desperately need a specific person to, to get on with our lives and for our spiritual growth, but it's definitely not good for him. And it's like, 
we we don't celebrate. I mean, what about just the the regular alcohol? Like I I talked. It hasn't come out yet, but on Pastor with No Answers, I talked to a friend of mine who almost destroyed his marriage, his his kids' lives, and everything because he was an alcoholic, and he beat alcohol. But we're not like making this. Oh my gosh, He's back. <laughs> the Lord has spoken. He is back, and all praise. But I mean, right. We actually are celebrating, but it's not because, oh, everybody gets this guy now and he's back. And it's just like, I just don't get it. And, and I, I'll say this. I, uh, I I know a little <laughs> too much about Stephen Furtick. And I just think the to me, it's remarkable that two major pastors have dropped off the face of the earth. Uh, one of them being Ted Haggard. A lot of people know what he was into. If you don't, then go to, you know, Google it. And here now with Perry Noble, but it's it's factual that Ted Haggard went to Stephen Furtick's church years ago, basically doing this same thing, you know, taking the pulpit, being interviewed by Stephen Furtick and like talking a redemption story when all of the people that were closest to Tim Haggard were saying, please don't Ted do this yet. You are not ready for this yet. And and so my question for someone like Stephen Furtick, who I don't know, I don't know his heart, so I can't judge or anything, but what, why does he have like this right to say when it's time for someone to uh, what do you get mean? back in the game? What do you that mean? doesn't make he sense. He thinks he has so, I mean, he, his impression of himself and his gifting is proven by the amount of dollars he makes and the amount of butts in the seat is confirmation enough for him right. to know that he's the one that knows. Why else would he be entrusted with such a large amount of money and congregation if he didn't know? Yeah. That's why he knows. God talks directly to him. How about, how about this? The, the is, size is of it, the congregation money are what proves that God talks to him, right? <laughs> Isn't that the proof? Yeah. I guess that's what people think. Man, he's doing people, something. That's what he thinks. He's anointed. He is anointed God himself because you wouldn't have a church that big unless you, you were really right. How could you? But but this is the thing. The real slap in the face to me All is... All right, well, Chris Rock what? is anointed when he fills up coliseums. <laughs> yep, you're right. The, the thing that bothers me is just like Mars Hill, Mark Driscoll ruined that church, couldn't apologize. There's a lot more. We're not going to go all back into that again. And then pastors got his back and let him come back and speak and do all that stuff. And then there's a slap in the face to real Christians that went to that church and gave their lives and dedicated their time and gave their money to this thing that they thought was real and then it ends up being just a bunch of bullshit because it's this guy now Stephen Furtick allows this other guy to come in when this other his church that he was at won't let him come back they didn't say <laughs> hey come here first yeah right the church the people, they started the people the, the that mega are getting, church, he can't go there he the people wouldn't it have been amazing if the first time he preached again was at least at the church <laughs> that it fell apart that he couldn't handle oh no because he's not qualified to preach there but and the now Stephen Furtick says, hey, you're qualified to come here. So it's a slap in the face to all the people at New Spring that love Perry, that spent time with him and praying for him and, and giving to the church and doing all that stuff. It's a slap in the face to those people, and it's just a joke. And you know what? You're right. We don't know Stephen Furtick's heart, but I don't give a shit. You don't get to slide past me. You have a million point seven, uh, one million point seven dollar home. You don't get to, that. I don't care. <laughs> I'll, I'll say it for the rest of my life. That's not something silly and frivolous. Yeah, that's right. And, and I don't like it either when people go, well, you know what, Toby? You have a house that you live in, and it's kind of expensive. Yeah, that's right. I'm a bullshitter. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm fucking wrong. I should give up more. <laughs> I should give up more. I should, I should do more. 
but can't we call our pastors for that? Our pastors are completely off limits. Hey, right. you know, I mean, he needs a million dollar house. I mean, he just does. I mean, come on. Well, look, the, the money, the money and the power are wrapped up. But it, the, some, I go back and forth on which is the more insidious thing. But let's just talk about the. Let's just isolate the money for a minute. And I think that's less than the power. I really do. But the money's easier to talk about because it's quantifiable. And the power is a thing that just rolls through people that they can't even control. But money, you can kind of look at. So, like, the way the whole thing works, if people don't know, is they have some people that set their salaries. And for the most part, the, the people that set the salaries are other people that do their same job. Like, other mega pastors say, yep, old buddy Furtick, I think you should be making X, Y, Z. The church members don't know how much it is, but it's a lot. Now, Here's what's worse than that is when they, there's a funny thing that goes on with pastors and their salary and the money that drives me crazy. And that's when they say this line. And Stephen Furtick said this about his house was $1.7 million, 10,000 square foot house, probably one of the biggest homes in North Carolina. But he said, (laughs) that wasn't from my salary. It probably is. That's not from my salary, he says. He says, that was from my book sales. So first of all, slow down a second. How many books is that? I don't, I don't know if that really works out if you do the math, like how many books you'd have to sell to buy a $1.7 million house. But here's something I do know. I, I get income from multiple streams. There's not really a difference. Like I can't say, I can't say the money I earn from this podcast, I don't spend that on beer. I can't really say that. Right. Like I, I have a car, it costs $8,900. That's the car that I bought, SUV, $8,900. Is it even possible for me to declare, oh, that money came from Emory, not from the Bad Christian Podcast? Is there really a difference? And if so, he doesn't have to use his salary to pay for his house. That's, you know what I'm saying? The money, once you earn money, is your money. You can't really say where the actual dollar came from in the bank account that went to this thing versus the other thing. But somehow it's okay to say my book sales paid for this, my salary, not this. And then don't mention the amount that they pay each other to come speak at conferences and do stuff like that. In fact, if their salary ever came out, it would be a higher number than you would imagine, and you'd be freaked out. And then they would still be lucky if you just thought, oh, that's a super high salary. Oh, yeah, it's a fraction of all the money they take in based on book sales and speaking fees and all these other things that are for profit. The amount of money in this stuff is astonishing. Don't forget that. The problem is, too, we don't know. No, no, no one. We, oh, there's only a, a group of other mega pastors that know how much Stephen Furtick makes. Right. How, how about this? I know what my favorite quarterback makes, right. but I, I don't know yep. what my pastor makes. I know what the linemen. I know what everybody in the government makes. You know, know what congressmen and senators make. If they could hide that from you, they'd love to. They don't, they can't, and they don't. Why would I know a defensive lineman for the place for Green Bay Packers salary, but not the pastor of my church? You can actually go what online to Charleston County School District and see basically what any teacher is making based on how many years they've been teaching and what their education is. I mean, that's how detailed that information is. I mean, it's Okay, so that brings up the question. Let's do this. And I don't know what I'm saying, but why don't you ask your church what your pastor makes? Let me just ask the question, why don't you ask? I'll go farther and say... People do, and then they they get get ostracized. I'll go farther and say, ask. Just go ask. Why not just ask? Now, would you be seen as a bad member or subversive yes. for wanting to yes. know? Okay. Well, now we have a now I'm actually interested in the problem. What what they make, who cares? The fact that you can't ask is suggested to and designed in a way that you would be a bad person for wanting to know more details about where your tithe money goes. That's more of a problem than what the dollar amount is, is it not? So maybe just let's start asking. 
Like, well, can we not handle it? Well, I, I would say, Matt, that this is not just a church issue. At least, I don't know if this is how it is in the Northwest, but at least in the South, I'll never forget when anytime I asked my mom how much my dad made, she would tell me, but she would say, you cannot talk to other people about that. And there was a point when my dad retired, I think, from the state and then started working for the county. He was making a lot of money. And it's just... Joey still won't say... Yeah, what was it a lot? What was it? $80,000? No, I think it was right shy, maybe between 90 and 100. And that mm-hmm. was okay, a, okay, Joey, but that, that was, doesn't matter because your dad wasn't a pastor. It, <laughs> it should be a prerequisite before you take the job that, yeah, people are going to know a lot about you. <laughs> that, what, what's the big deal? I mean, why in the world? Why would transparency be the least in the damn church? Why? Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And what bill of goods have they sold you that you feel bad if you ask? That's all I'm trying to say. If you ask, how much did Perry get paid right. to speak last week? Or did he not get paid? I don't know. Can I not yeah. ask? It, yeah. And, and how about this, too? I guarantee you, I could probably guess and be within a $10,000 of how much your dad made a year. Right. I can't that do that, that with the yeah. pastor of my church. Yeah. You, can you I, guess I, I, within $10,000 of what verdict makes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I might guess the, how much my pastor makes and be hundreds or millions you of dollars You might be off wrong. by zero of guessing on pastors <laughs> easily. It's not, it's not right. You can't ask. It's just ridiculous. It's, it's the dumbest. Okay. I, I want to get back to something, too, here. I don't know. Did Joey, did you have another point you were going to say? I, you, I, we kind of cut you off a minute ago, but if not, because I want to talk about actually watching it. So uh, you, you y'all know the me. sermon, Perry's b- yes, back there yes. and watch it. Yeah. Yep. I, I found it. it. Okay. First of all, I, I do want to make it clear. Super gifted. I mean, a speaker. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it's unbelievable. The whole show, it was a show. Like at the end of his sermon, it was amazing. Like I'm, I was like, they should like with everything going on, everybody should be making a decent amount of money because like, I, I mean, like if I go see a, <laughs> if I go see a blockbuster film, I'm like, oh man, that, yeah, that definitely costs millions of dollars. The show alone it was amazing. Like he got done, and then as he got done, he started going, "Lord, let it rain, let it rain." And then the cool hipster guy comes in, "Lord, let it rain." Whatever the song was, I was like, "This is insane!" <laughs> like everybody, it, like it was perfectly time. Everything, the time. It, the, I mean, as far as like an event, like if I lived in Charlotte, I might would go to Elevation just to get to watch it with the lights and the oh, show, yeah. and I mean all that part. I don't, I don't know what it has to do with God, but the show wise, it was amazing, right? <laughs> But, I mean, he did a great job. Now, what's really funny, too, is I don't know if y'all remember, but having watched some of his sermons, like, at New Spring, he seemed like just a normal guy. You know what I mean? Like, you know, just a a guy wears glasses and dresses like a guy that likes Clemson football, right? Well, now he has his hair cut right, his his shoes and pants, everything. He was looking good. Looked like he'd worked out a little bit, had a little bit of muscle. I was like, whoa, he's looking more like Stephen Furtick. (laughs) <laughs> it was just, that, that, that was a little interesting to me that his look actually changed too. Now, of course, what I want everybody to hear is, yes, alcoholism is real and bad and tough. That is my biggest point here. Why, if you love Perry Noble, why would you put him in a position so quickly? Like, let him heal. Right, let right. him figure some stuff out. No like that, That's my big goal. Dr- yeah, but, no problem with that. But here's, here's where I was talking earlier about the fringes of truth. When people tell you stuff, if you really listen, you'll hear what the actual truth is. There's, there's this big show or whatever it is. But So he got up there, and his big reveal was that I, I thought, this sounds awful, but he was talking about rehab. He had to go to Arizona to rehab, and he's just talking about, you know, man. He, he said, 
I think uh, he had parents die, but he said rehab was the toughest thing he's ever been through in his life. He's in Arizona away from everybody. And he actually said this. And I was like, I wonder if that's like a Freudian slip, whatever he says. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody. <laughs> I was like, what? Like, why did he say that? Like, I mean, you should definitely recommend rehab to people, but I, I couldn't believe he actually said that. I wouldn't recommend that. it no matter how if, much if, you're if, into heroin. Right. I, I, like, I know he probably, funny. he'd say, I was just talking, but I was like, that might be a Freudian slip there. Like something like that, your real thoughts or whatever are, are coming through. But his big reveal was that he actually uh, questioned, should he be here? Like the idea of maybe he should commit suicide. Like, he, you know, he'd done fallen so far and done yeah. so much stuff. And it, so I was like, man, this is a serious moment. I understand that. I get that feeling. Like you messed up so bad and hurt people that you question, should you be here? And he said he's walking around a track in Arizona. They walk, they take walks every night. And he said, the sun was setting. And he said, clearer than I've ever heard God speak. And this is the very end. He goes, clearer than I've ever heard God speak. God said, I'm not done with you yet. And then, of course, the music comes on and everybody goes, yeah, whoa, yeah. yeah. And I thought, in that moment, when I heard that, I said, you got it wrong. Yep. You've got it wrong. God's not done with you yet. It definitely, sir, has nothing to do with you yeah, heading yeah. back to preaching. Mm -hmm. Because I have experience with this, guys, and you might remember this story. Yeah, you got a story when we, similar. When, when we did our third album, I spoke in tongues once in my life, and it was while I was listening to... The, <laughs> one of our songs from our third album, I'm Only a Man, I was jogging. You still believe it was speaking and, in tongues and, with yes, your crisis? I, one, yes. I don't have a crisis. I have a construction. Um, <laughs> I, but I spoke in tongues. These words came out of my mouth that I was gibberish. I couldn't even remember it. Within 50 yards, I couldn't remember a word I said. And all I know was that the word forgiveness was just in my mind. Forgiveness, forgiveness, forgiveness. I took that that day. I, I guarantee you that was a word from God. And I took that to mean our album was going to sell big, that I need to focus on music more, that I need to focus on my career, that God was going to use this band to do something huge. Mm -hmm. And I was completely wrong. And it took years and years, even to this day, for me to realize, oh man, I don't forgive people well. I hold things against people and I don't even realize it. It's, it's so ingrained in my brain and so innate in my nature that I'll hold something against friends and people of mine and not even realize it. And so mm -hmm. I treat them differently. And then it comes out as anger or, or being nasty or cutting them down or whatever. And I'm realizing even to this day, God was saying, Hey man, you need, you are forgiven right. and you need to forgive. And so I know what that feeling is like for God to speak so clearly, the most clearly you've ever heard and get it completely wrong. And that's what I want to say. Yep. It cannot mean you preach because the preaching and the church system is what enabled Perry to become alone to to drink too much by himself and to do all that stuff. Yeah. Like well, that was there's part also of the problem. a few more elements of that that I would see if I can point out here now. You are and here's why these types of communications work. Now I've seen this with Driscoll, you see it with Trump. Perry Noble is skilled in the same way and I may possess some of the same persuasion skills. But sure. there's a thing going on there where when you talk about it was at my lowest or I wanted to do this or God confirmed with me this, what you're doing, you're invoking all these things. I'm not saying it's not even true, but nonetheless, the pattern is so similar when somebody invokes something that is beyond criticism. You can't criticize when somebody says, God told me this. You can't right. criticize somebody that says, I thought it was all over and I might want it to kill myself. You, you can't say to that person, oh, you're just saying that. You can't, you just can't, you can't do that. Um, and so, so it's really a tactic and a frame shift of persuasion the way he set all that up. I mean, that 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 just 
Of course you would say that. Of course that would work. Of course that would right. play well to this crowd. Of course that's going to feel powerful. I'm not even saying it's not true. But matter of factly, it comes across um, beyond scrutiny and then is motivational. And everybody right. identifies themselves in that position. God's not done with me. I've made mistakes. I'm good. You know, it's just feeding into what people will respond to. And that's not to say it's not true, but is insanely coincidental that the way those things always happen and the way that Matt, you set them up and, and knock them down. Matt, you, yeah, God said that Perry misinterpreted, I think. I think Perry took it as... Well, he knows how to craft done, something that's beyond Not scrutiny. done with his influence on this world or in a church setting. Yeah, and he did. he's done the same thing many times on Facebook and little YouTube right. videos, even before this one. Even with this one, if you find the YouTube video, he's already made and set up a self-defense video that explains, well, there's the biblical example of Peter preaching just at, you know, even less time than me after he did this. Right. It's all, he's already in defense mode. He's already addressed his critics. He's already set you up for stuff that you can't criticize. Which why? He's already why? in control of the whole situation. He's talented, unreal. Like I wish, I wish he would be, I wish he would actually communicate in a way of, you, you know what? Those of you that think I'm back too soon, you may be right. Like this, but man, it felt good or, Man, I really do feel like God is getting his will in my life, but don't I that that just why why would he be so careful and to go ahead and start shooting down the critics? Like he, he shut down he, the critics before should, they existed because he knew they should, were coming. Exactly. Shouldn't he accept responsibility That's for the fact the, that these this criticism is legitimate? Like these people actually, whether it's right or wrong, they're making good points. It's worth a discussion. It's not worth saying here's a scripture, you're wrong, moving on. I mean, I just, yeah. but Matt, I wanted to ask you something like, I mean, obviously you're one of my best friends. I have your back. I'm obviously. not trying to put you in a corner, but I'm, I, but I, I really am curious. You said that, well, it's because Perry, I forgot what we were talking about, but you said it's because Perry Noble cares more about power and money. If well, we had I don't know back if on I the said more than, I don't know what exactly I said. It was but. basically that that's, that's his emphasis. Do you, Those do are you really strong. It, do you think that he knows that? No. Like, do you think he wakes up no, in the morning and says, "Man, I'm more, nope. con I'm more concerned about power and money." I do than not God. think that. I do not think that. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I, I don't yeah, think yeah. that about almost anybody. That's the the that's the scary part. I, I don't think that's how those things work. Those things are bigger forces than individuals. Very few people live on uh, like Skeletor. Like, I want to do bad because it's bad. That, that's that's nobody. That doesn't describe Trump or Putin or anybody. I don't, I mean, and people well, wish Papa Smurf is another one. Uh, Go ahead. Gargamel, now that you mention yeah. it. Gargamel's on the list. Oh, yeah, Gargamel. That's what I'm thinking. Like, he, you know, he, he was uh, <laughs> intended to do bad just because he liked bad things. But most people aren't that way. Most people are self-deluded is the easiest place to be. And if you have a personality disorder or narcissistic or stuff, I'm not, I'm not saying who's that or not. I'm just saying it's e the easiest person to fool is yourself. I mean, you know, that I don't believe that people are like, I'm going to do some evil today. I don't, I don't think that describes almost anybody in the world. All right. So I want you guys, I'm going to, I want to challenge you guys. Cause I'm, and I'm not saying Perry Noble and Stephen Furtick are evil. I'm just saying the power and the money, they, those things control me. Of course, they control people with way more of those things than me. <laughs> like I, I right. have a very little money and power, but it's still, those are factors in my life. They are. Everybody is that way. Yeah. My children are that way. Of course, Stephen Furtick and Barack Obama are that way. And they, that's just the way it goes. So, so the more of it you give me, the worse I'll be. So how do you address, how do you address this sentiment? Because I guarantee you, uh, these people aren't listening to our podcast, but there's a lot of people that if they did, they would say, 
come on, guys. Like, right or wrong, why why use your audience to say stuff like this when it's just discouraging, it's just divisive? Like, you know, who who are you to assert your, you know, thoughts on this matter when it doesn't it's not even involving you? This is somebody else. Because it does involve me, because in every step of the way, I'm I'm in this group called Christianity. And as I said before, I am wrestling with my faith. I'm seeking God for what I feel like is maybe the first time in my life. And these bullshit artists are out there and I'm supposed to sit here <laughs> and tell my kids to get to one of these places. Yeah. I, I'm, so, I'm supposed Thank to look you. at my, my oldest daughter, Ruby in the eye and say, Hey, this is how you find God. Yep. Hell no. This is bullshit. Yeah. This isn't right. Like I, here's what I'm saying. I think maybe Stephen Furtick and, and Perry, we know Perry Noble are good dudes. Like I think y'all are right. I don't think they intentionally do evil to people and they are hella preachers. I mean, they are amazing. They they are gifted and talented, and something needs to happen seriously to stop this foolishness because it is ridiculous that we don't know about money. We don't know about real life. We don't know. Like, the, the better thing would have been, what if way earlier on Perry said, you know what? Yeah, sometimes I, I have a few extra beers when I get home. I have two, two or three glasses of wine to try and deal with this. Uh-huh. Well, then it's out there, and it's not so heavy. It's not so crazy. And somebody goes, oh, really? What do you mean? Like, are you? Using that to kind of cope, How much and then more? it would be a real conversation. Let's just do this. Until it gets so crazy. Let's but just on, on, do let this. Me hold on. Let me wait. Wait okay. one second. I, I, I'm super upset when people challenge me and can, because I'm actually saying something. But we don't challenge the pastors. Right. You could say, Toby, you're stupid. Why would you say something so awful about a guy that you barely know or don't know at all? And I say, why won't you ask them the same question? Why won't you ask them why do you have a massive house? Why won't you ask them how much money they make? Why won't you ask them how, how could much you allow a, a person to come into your church that another church won't let teach? There's another church with thousands upon thousands of people that said, no, Perry, you can't preach here. But let's don't talk about it. All right. Screw you then. That, it just You're just buying into the bullshit of so much church isn't real. You, Matt said it exactly right. It is a joke and a clown show. <laughs> anyway, sorry, Matt, to interrupt well, you. I was I'm just going to say, really like, even if even if you wanted to question on the alcohol, people question drinking or this, that, whatever. I mean, I that's the least issue here. I wouldn't be that shocked if the amount of alcohol I consume is equivalent to Perry Nobles, but right. it's not going to disqualify me from what I do. Right. I mean, I know that that might be a really weird thing to say, but what I'm saying is, <laughs> how much have you had tonight? <laughs> this is the this is the third beer I've had tonight, and I'm not done. I mean, but it. it, it Worst case scenario, no, yes. I drink too much. Or or worst right. case scenario, I'm not an alcoholic. It doesn't disqualify me from my job. Well, I'm not even yeah. I don't know if it did for him. I don't even understand. I don't I don't know that. Uh maybe if you're an alcoholic, you get treatment, fine. Like that's not the issue. The issue is the gaming and the politics and the hiddenness and the not able to say it. I'm I'm on my third beer. I might drink three more tonight. Okay. That that is what it is. That is the truth. It means whatever it means. It means whatever it means. Can I be right. on this microphone? Can I say something about the gospel? I don't know. Am I? I don't know. Right. But he. But uh, uh, that, you know, th- th- this whole thing that's left here, this show, is not that different than you know, uh, Brian Williams, the newscaster. Like, is there? We have all these fake things left in our society that are somehow goofy now. Like, I am a newscaster and I speak this way, and everything I say is. Like, you can't just talk. Right. I'm a pastor. I'm a stand-up comedian. You ever notice the way the bathroom is at the airport? I mean, you know, those things are goofy. They're always going to be goofy. Once society at large can understand and recognize 
and it's visible, the game you're playing, it starts to get weird. And that's where we're at with this the the, the mega pastor thing. Yeah, that's yeah, where Matt, we're at. You made it's a good, goofy. You, you made a good point earlier today when we were talking about this. And, you know, I, I know it always sounds like we're trying to make Seacoast out to be this unbelievable church. It obviously has its flaws just like any other. But, uh, you know, we know for a fact that Greg Surratt, who founded the church. This in is the church that you work at. Right. Yep. Uh, was the senior pastor, still is the senior pastor. I mean, there are definitely things that he passed up mm-hmm. because it just infringed on his convictions and it wasn't a moral deal, but he's just like, nah, I can't be associated with this person yep. who is uh, actually well-respected in the church, but it's just not a good mm-hmm. thing. I, I don't, you know, this person has been through some stuff recently or He's had the opportunity to be involved in things that he's just like thinks that it would compromise his character, but give him a big name. And that's why everybody's heard of Stephen Furtick, but not everybody's heard of Greg Surratt. But he's consciously made decisions along those lines. How many people go to Greg Surratt's church? 14,000. 14,000 people go to Greg Surratt's church. I'm in Christianity. I talk to people all the time. I'm talking about you and the church that you pastor at. And then I say who it is, and they never know. Right, right. It's a church of 14,000 people. And when I say the name of the church and the pastor, everybody goes, uh, yeah, I mean, no, I don't, I don't guess I've heard of that. And I am delighted when I hear that because when Driscoll had 9,000 people or 10,000 people, that's the only thing he would ever say and make sure everybody knew right. and get in the magazines and all the other stuff. And there's at least two opportunities I know of that your senior pastor, Greg, has passed up and some of them to insane high levels of power that they would have given him access to. Like insane. I won't even say, but insane. Power and influence right. he could have gained. and. I don't even know. Like, I mean, I don't even understand or know how Seacoast is a big church and how that all works and everything else. But at least, at least he seems clearly more tame on the acquisition of power and consolidation of power. At least he seems to avoid that, which I commend highly. Right. To have a church of 14,000 people and be relatively unknown, that is a good thing. It really is. That was one of my favorite things about about, about working there. But I want to, I want to, move to maybe just one last point here and, and I know we're running out of time but let's all as Christians start here is there any chance any correlation that preaching at a church would cause the pastor to be in a bad spot could it lead him to sin now we obviously know that I mean Perry even said that he was he was seeking more and more like he drove himself to get bigger a bigger congregation bigger church all that stuff so there's one pastor who just said it, but why wouldn't you ask, even if you don't go to a mega church, even if you go to a church of 300, ask yourself, what about this could lead this guy up here that's trying to do good down a bad path? And because my goal is actually to help people. I, I, I'm okay if Perry ends up being a preacher again. What I'm not okay with is if he goes back to the same old shit as before. As if, a, if, if a dog returns to his vomit, that's not what I'm going to stand for. I'm not going to accept that. Now, does Perry have a gift? Yes. Can Perry help people? He has and he will. I believe all that stuff. But I'm not going to stand by anymore and let somebody tell me and my kids and my friends and my family that this is what God is like and this is how you live and this is what Christianity is. And you know, you know, I know you're broken, but hey, you know, God is an answer. Also, I'm not going to listen to that anymore and, and not say something because the truth is we need real men and women really proclaiming God, really teaching the Bible, and then letting us figure this out and wrestle with God a little bit instead of this bullshit where a church gets huge and then a few months later they're done. 
because the well, it's, still, it's all yeah, based yeah. on a guy. It was all based on a guy. Well, now, we say it all New the Spring time. isn't New Spring isn't done. They're not done. No, yeah, yeah. But still, but but it's still. But the, the the premise that we always talk about and a principle of ours is you got to respect your damn audience. You've got to give them the ability, right, to live and decide what works for them and how, if it's true and how to use it. I mean, teach people the gospel. Teach them the Bible. Let them do it. Give them that you don't have to fake everything for them and tidy it up in a bow. You just don't have to. You don't have to do that. Perry Noble, Stephen Furtick, you don't have to do that. You would be better off if you could just be, if you could create an environment where you could be yourself and then let other people be themselves. You don't have to set it all up like in, in the way that they do. That's that's what drives me crazy is you're just building something that's relatively fake and disrespectful to your listener to your audience let them decide right let, teach them some principles and some concepts don't walk them through everything and baby them and manage their expectations and the output and the way you come across that stuff's nonsense and it, it's yeah. showing all i'm saying is it's showing it shows to me i know that other people feel the way i do and other people will soon and other people did long before me but this is it, it's it's starting to become obvious that's the whole point it's the, the sham is starting to become obvious in a widespread way. Bless him, Lord. Hey, well, I'm going to, if y'all don't mind, I want to do something we don't normally do. And I just feel uh-huh. just stupid even saying this, and I, but I, no, I don't, I don't feel stupid. I actually, we just want to pray for a second. We don't do, well, we don't hardly ever do this, but I just want to pray real quick. Do it. God, we come to you with critical hearts, Lord, sinners, I make so many mistakes and and I shouldn't have dare to to call out anybody else without calling out myself. I am nothing. I am a bad guy, God. I have addictions and weaknesses and lust and pornography and I'm mean and and hateful sometimes. I'm not the best dad. There's so many things I could list about how terrible I am, Lord. So I should not call out somebody. But Lord, I I, I do pray for these people. I pray for Perry, I pray for for Stephen Furter, I pray for pastors all over the place, God, break their hearts, Lord, break the pulpit, break the pull of the pulpit, Lord, that that wouldn't be all, that it wouldn't be the most prestigious thing in Christianity that you would be a preacher, Lord, that they would maybe become the lowest thing, that it would actually become about help, it would actually become about service, it would actually become not about the job, but about people, and that the church would actually be the church, which is people, not this building with cool lights, Lord, I just I really do lift up the people listening right now and, and the, the people that are going through all of this stuff, God, Perry included, New Spring, Lord, it's devastating. We don't wish alcoholism or, or weakness on anybody, Lord, but we lift them up and we just ask, honestly, just, just for now, Lord, just some truth to start happening. Amen. Amen. And I, I thought you were going to segue into the damn news. <laughs> <laughs> no, I appreciate no, that, Toby. Hey, uh, before, before we drop out here, uh, just a few things. First of all, we never tell you this, but go to at X bad Christian X to follow us on Twitter. Uh, don't forget fundamentalists. Uh, my book is on sale four ninety nine. dollars uh, Kindle, uh, Kindle version. And then thebcclub.com. Uh, you guys get an extra podcast episode every single week. We just had a lot of fun a couple hours ago talking about some stuff. And then don't forget true man experience. Uh, here in Florida. Toby, what's the email address? TobyBadChristian at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Mm-hmm. We got Emory shows for $7 next week in next Atlanta week. and Nashville, Friday, Saturday. EmoryMusic.com for that one. 
Yeah. Awesome. I'm an anointed guy. I just am. Everybody knows that. So I don't have a blessing plan, but I'm going to say the blessing. Toby, uh, you prayed for us. So I feel like I'm going to let you off the hook on this one. I'm going to give a blessing. So as the pastor, birds, pastor has to get the last word, I get yeah, it. As the birds fly and as the leaves fall, as the dew gathers, we see the fawns, <laughs> we see the porcupines, <laughs> and we closed. see the beavers, we see the dams being built. And we know it's all in your hands, Lord. And you can smite them all and you can destroy them all. But you lift us up, Lord, and we thank you. Amen. Hey, I meant to tell you all this in my prayer. I should, uh, you know, that the refugee crisis could be completely fixed just by allowing all all the refugees can fit on the second and third levels of Stephen Furtick's house alone. No, he could single handedly <laughs> handle it. What's wrong with me? <laughs> What's wrong with me? <laughs> What is wrong with me? I, I prayed. Hey, I saw online today. I prayed. His response to a, to part of the, the controversy about his house was, it's really not that great of a house, he said. And then he said that. No, it's really not that big of a house. He said it's not that great of a house. <laughs> Toby, that proves that the Lord's Ooh. not true because you just prayed and he didn't rescue you from your sin. He did not. <laughs> I went straight to the dark Lord. <laughs> You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com. Shh.